When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Who Cares About the Rock Hall, a podcast about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm your host, Joe Quazala. With me, as always, is my co-host, Kristen Stuttered. It me. Hi, Kristen. Hello. How are you? I'm pretty good. This I'm is pretty great. good. This is great news for yeah. us, for both of us. Um, very excited. This is our second episode on the Pantheon Network. Are you going to have to put an effect on that now, Ooh, too? Maybe I will. Um, no, maybe it's our third episode. Second, a ridge. It doesn't matter. Anyway, um, we've got a great guest with us here today. Very excited to have him. Good boy, great man, uh, <laughs> comedian, very funny. Uh, it's Whitmer Thomas. Thanks for having me, gang. Hi, Hi Whit. Uh, thank you for, for being a part of this weird thing. Oh, um, uh, yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Congrats on the uh, third episode on the Pantheon. Wow. Now you're going to have to do the effect again. Every time someone says, says Pantheon, Pantheon, there will be. I'm not doing that. There won't it's be. It's too much. It's too much. We've uh, already, we've just begun and we've already decided no. Whit. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is a, is a weird thing that people don't know anything about. What mm-hmm. are you coming into this with in terms of knowledge? Well, I know about it. I've been to it. You've been to the museum in Cleveland? In Cleveland. I okay. went there with our mutual friend CJ Toledano. Oh. Um, what were you guys doing in Cleveland? I was on tour, and CJ was working in Detroit. Okay. Oh, and yeah. he just drove there to meet me. Mm-hmm. And we went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I remember it was fun i i think we had a lot of fun Mm -hmm. there's like you know it's always one of those situations where you go in and you think i don't care about any of this and then you watch something and then you start crying (laughs) this has been my experience (laughs) yeah it's hard to uh especially music of your youth Mm -hmm. it's hard to separate that from uh intense emotional feelings yeah it's true have you ever been to the uh this might be a little bad for me to bring up but the the um, Motown Uh-oh. Museum no. in Detroit. Mm-mm. Well, similar situation. You go into this dinky little house where they used to record all those great songs. You sit into a chair to watch a movie. You're like, this is whack. I just paid a lot of money to do this. And then you, you're crying in three minutes. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I think I would be more apt to be hyped about the Motown Museum than the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, there's a lot of rock and roll there, though. I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <Did> you, like, <laughs> Did you hear that? I mean, There's a that, lot of rock and roll there. That, yeah. I mean, it makes sense to me that there would be, and especially because they, it's like, and there's a lot of Motown in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I it's think, 
I just mean like as a concept. I'm not like as as a woman, as a me, as a person, I am not like, yes, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Let's get into it. Well, but if I was in a town and they had a Motown Hall of Fame, I'd be like, yeah, I'll check that out. Yeah. I'd just be more apt. Joe is the only person I've ever known who's ex- immediately excited and ready to talk about the Rock uh-huh. and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, are you at all familiar with the induction ceremonies that they do every year? Yes. I usually will watch a clip. Mm-hmm. Every now and again of one of them Is there because you like the band That's being inducted or because someone that you Like is doing the inducting Well I love The Cure Yeah. So did you watch The Cure? I watched some of it I thought it was really funny when the The, the thing that was all over the internet of the woman oh, On the red yeah. carpet yeah. yeah. And him going I'm not as excited as you are Apparently uh, but not I, I think that by the looks of it, no. That's I yeah. think that Are you as excited as I am? By is, the looks of it, no. <laughs> <laughs> is it just me or is Anthony Kiedis always there doing something? He's shown something? up a few times. No, he, yeah. Red Hot Chili Peppers are in, ha, were inducted uh, in 2012, and he inducted the Talking Heads. Uh, That's fucking, a weird I pair I forgot for me. that. Yeah. I will never remember that <laughs> because it's too incongruous, and I don't think I can. Do you think the Talking Heads were like, what is this freaking guy doing introducing us? Probably because there's so many cool people who love the talking. That's, yes. I mean, it is that is a wild. You get the have bing I bong, bing bong guy. Yeah. Bing bang bong. Have I talked about that? Before? We watched it, yeah, and then we I talked don't remember about it. watching it at all. It was one of the ones that was on my VHS. <gasps> oh, I mean, I remember. When was the Talking Heads? 2002. Oh, just yeah, very on the outskirts of VHS. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, VHS was a dying art form. Not for Quizala. <laughs> no, I was just uh, well, because there was no way to stride. directly record from your TV oh, in right. two thousand two. Right point, yeah. That wasn't a VHS. Yeah, so it was, it was. I was using VHS to tape off the TV. I wasn't purchasing a VHS. It was of, like people were burning CDs off of Napster, but they were still taping music off the radio. You know, yeah. it was like the only way to do something off a live thing. I yes, like, I like to imagine Baby Joe. Going, get us, oh, get us and burn in one room <laughs> together. Could you imagine? Is that what you're saying? That's what he sounded yeah. like too. Or, <laughs> no, it was probably because I was like a little snob as a kid, so it's probably like, oh, is where. Why is Kiss here? It should be somebody like okay, John Cale. And yet, what, nothing what has Eno? changed. It should, yeah, <laughs> should be Joe Strummer inducting them. Yeah. New music sucks. I was like one of those kids. Oh, cool. oh, wow. I couldn't let myself love what was happening around me because I had to be better than everybody else. Uh, I was I get that, that way in high school I, uh, to a degree. Yeah. But that's, I was, what I, that's what I mean. I was down with new music, but I hated anything um, popular. Yeah, okay. I remember actively like not listening to like Britney Spears when she first came out she was so popular and I remember being like no mm-hmm. yeah because you you want to be above it all alternative if you will mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> for sure I would I mean I do remember being in the mall uh in fifth grade and hit me baby one more time coming on it's the first time I saw it on the tv in the JC Penney or whatever and feeling like such strong Horny, yeah, feelings. that's yeah. a horny ass video. It was that almost was like it meant, was. It was engineered. It was made in a lab <laughs> to make yeah. young boys horny yeah. and discover. Yeah, it was themselves engineered for horniness for Max. It was, <laughs> it was really done done well. It's really crazy. And then I dated me and Brittany dated 
after that for yeah. about 14 years. Hmm. 14 Does she about, know this? Yeah, for yeah. about 14 years. Oh, yeah. of, like, oh, for it's about, it's for like six to eight hours a night, I, I drink. <laughs> we would do I, dating. I date Britney Spears. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's been going Shut on for a long eyes. time. my eyes. The relationship would start. <laughs> and we're dating. <laughs> and we're dating. <laughs> I think I also just equated that with like, you know, like being so mainstream. I remember being like, I don't go to tanning beds and I don't listen to Britney Spears. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that what all like, the girls were doing back then. That was a big thing mm-hmm. for me. The tanning bed. Tanning bed, Britney Ugh. Spears. What were we talking about prior to this and how? Oh, um, well, we were just we were talking about Anthony Kiedis, of course. <laughs> well, so why is Kiedis always in there? What's he doing? I mean, I think they just—he was paying his dues. That's what he was doing. He was I trying suppose. to. He was working. He was networking. Getting, you know who's there the a lot? Uh, weirdly, in the crowd is Chad Smith, the drummer from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yes. Okay. He, he shows up. Flea, if you see Fleet, you just see most of the Peppers just like hanging out. Uh, in the audience of those Maybe things. They're they're good uh speakers. Their acceptance speeches were very good. They were good, Fleas, yeah. I Fleas think was, was like incredibly really good. I think he cried. Mm-hmm. Because this band the music saved his life. Yeah. And he is gonna let you know. Yeah, right. The music right. saved his life. And Kitas is Benjamin Buttoning just like or he's just like re- reached stasis. Like he'll always look thirty years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looks good. Because yeah, that, that dude's like fifty plus. You said he. I remember he was older than that. I think he was like fifty-seven or well, something. Yeah, yeah. Right now he is. I think maybe the video we watched of him getting inducted like seven years ago, he was yeah. Oh yeah, maybe he was like fifty, fifty-one. Mm-hmm. I just could not believe it. That was engineered to make me horny. <laughs> All I know about them, really, other than I don't really love their music, I think John Frusciante is incredible, but, and you know, they're all talented, I guess, but my favorite thing about them is from their Behind the Music that used to play all the time when I was in middle school, where, um, or no, maybe it's Weird Al's Behind the Music, where they go, they play <laughs> the clip of, yabba dabba, yabba dabba, yabba do now, and then it cuts to Flea going, I typically think the stuff he does is pretty funny, but that, I just didn't like that. I didn't think that was funny. <laughs> yeah. And I uh, remember yeah. going, cool, Red Hot Chili Peppers, you're out then. I don't like Right, that. yeah. <laughs> I think I had the same thing. Uh, Wired, weird Al. Tired. Like, we just didn't, it was about the Flintstones. We just really didn't think it was that inspired. <laughs> Which, they're prob- they're right, but also like, fucking relax. Yeah. You want your parody to be like the best one? Also, yeah. your music is... Already, it's of kind music. of a parody yeah. in its own way. Ning nang nong ning nang is basically yabba dabba yabba yeah. dabba dabba. What's the best Weird Al parody then? Like, what's the smartest? Like, if you're like, which one would you be like? Oh, I'm so glad that was. Like, what do you think? Ooh, okay. Well, my my own personal feelings, just because like the song that got me into Weird Al Yankovic was Amish Paradise. Okay, oh, that's yes, a really Amish Paradise. You are right. A- I'd Man. say Amish Paradise. Because like take, taking Gangsta's Paradise and like this really heavy song yes. that's like in Dangerous Minds <laughs> and then making about Amish people is very, very funny. That is so true. That's like a great... And I think later for like the next generation when he did White and Nerdy, that was like a similar thing. Big, big. It's big really time. funny because I, I'm older than you guys. And so when I was very, really young, like when MTV was first, like in the mid, late 80s, I remember being a little kid and thinking the video for Fat was like really oh, funny. It's incredible. I remember the video for Fat and then the video for Like a Surgeon. Mm-hmm. Those were the ones that I that got me into Weird Al, but I never stayed there. Well, because mm. the the bad video is like a, a short film. Yeah. You know, and then they take that They're seriousness. In the parking garage. 
<laughs> and then there's like I I mean I had yeah. the the VHS uh, again <laughs> of with Weird Al's videos and I watched it a lot and like there's there's two like big fat guys who are trying to make thin Al like a fat guy and the line I will never forget is ding dong man oh yeah ding dong yo <laughs> ding dong <laughs> and he's like no no. Uh, and then he transforms. That uh, concept, He's, though, has not it's aged problematic. well. Problematic. Yeah, a lot He's of things in, about Michael Jackson are, <laughs> in, <laughs> including not, a Weird Al parody, not aged yeah. well, including the parody of. Well, both that. both the Michael Jackson parodies are uh, about food, about food, and yeah. Oh yeah, eat it. I also remember the the eat it video as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you, I do genuinely think that Amish Paradise is probably if you were going to be the most excited that. That he did. That's probably the best one. Yeah, Coolio I think didn't it's, like it. Well, right, Coolio was. Coolio did not like he it. He was very publicly upset about it. Yeah, he was like, uh, was he was like, they asked me uh, if I would give them permission. I said no, and they did it anyway. And Al was very upset because he, he's very uh, principled about like uh, if they I ask them for permission, if they say no, I won't do it. Well, what, what happened? The wires get crossed. A, yeah, miscommunication. Man, Florence Henderson was in that video too. Yeah, uh, wasn't yeah, she churning she butter? Was. In yes, it? She yeah. was. Yes, she was. She played. Yeah. Yeah, she played an Amish lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Mark Mothersbaugh didn't like dare to be stupid. No, he well he loved it, but he oh. he he went like he, his because he's in the the Weird Al behind the music and he was like he was like they did they did Devo better than Devo. And I hate him for it. Oh, so right. He, he was being like kind of cheeky. Yeah, cheeky. Yeah. Cheeky. Yeah. Okay. He's cool then. <laughs> he's he's back on the on the good list. That was a good one. Um, <laughs> a little bit of uh, Rock Hall news. Oh, boy. Uh, hours ago, we lost I.M. Pei, the 102-year-old uh, architect of the museum. Oh, and he also I mean, he's done a lot of uh, he's a you know, world. I was like, if, the, if he is a rock musician, I don't know him at all. No, but he's as an the, artist. Yes. And he did the addition to the Louvre uh, yes. and a lot of, uh, you know, a very famous architecture work. Um, I was just very curious of how this was going to relate to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But right. now I see he apparently does not know or really like rock and roll, which well, I think is funny. R.I.P. I.M. Pei. Lived a long life. 102 years old. Yeah, that's no joke. Good um, for him. He's probably all it was died thinking about buildings. Which is <laughs> stuff he loved. Just really, probably died in a building, I bet. Oh, he, he might have. I, you know, I hope it wasn't outside. Odds are good. <laughs> Odds are good that at 102. a 102-year-old man. Although... Oh man! If I was take him out to pasture, made him make him look at a yeah. nice little babbling brook as he. If I was one hundred and two nice. and I knew it was coming for me, I'd be like, "Take me outside! Mm-hmm. I want to feel the wind like blow on away. my skin." Yeah. You know, I don't want to be. This is getting morbid and not about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, they have these kiosks at the museum where you can uh, say who you want to be in the hall, who hasn't been inducted yet, uh, of people who are eligible. And recently, Motley Crue took over the number one spot. <gasps> what? Mm-hmm. Wait, who of, was the crazy pr- thing that was in the first place for a while? Oh, Freddie too? Mercury solo Freddie was. Freddie Mercury <laughs> solo was in number one, which is insane. It wasn't number one, but it was like climbing. It's oh still at number God. six. What? But it was, it's clearly off the strength of movies, is what people are voting yes. for, because that movie, The Dirt, came out about Motley Crue. Oh man, that movie! So that has been climbing. Motley Crue. Uh, I'll I'll do what what the top ten is currently. Can I uh, guess? Can I can I say some names and you tell me if they're in there? Sure. Pat Benatar. No. 
She's not in the top 10? Wow. Are you eliminated uh, from this game? <laughs> Cher. No. Oh, yes. Cher's number seven. Excuse me. Okay. Uh, Barry Rothbart. <laughs> Comedian Barry Rothbart uh, is unfortunately not in the top 10. Okay. Um, but he is in Wolf of Wall Street. Yes. <laughs> are the Smashing Pumpkins in the top no. 10? Uh, are the Doobie Brothers in the top 10? No. This seems like it might take a long time. Okay. Okay. Anwar. Would you meet Fahim No? No. Uh, I'm so sorry. This is at the, I should remind you, this is at the Rock Hall, not the Laugh Factory. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry. Or the, this isn't, the, these aren't the names on the comedy store walls. Gotcha. Um, number 10 is Boston. And number number nine, 9 is one of Jay Leno's cars. Rage, Rage Against the Machine, <laughs> Phil Collins' solo, Cher, Freddie Mercury's solo, Weezer, Dave Matthews' band, Iron Maiden, and then the top two, number one is Motley Crue, having unseated the former top one of people voting at the Rock Hall, Blink-182. No way. Yes way. All right. That's they, cool. I was yeah. going to ask about that. Yeah, they, they were uh, top spot for a while. When was their first year eligibility? I think it's this year. Wow. Um, there's... There's disputes because they had a uh, they had like a demo that came out in 93, but really their first available recording was 94, which was something called Buddha. Yeah. Which was still kind of demo-y, but people could buy it and it was like released on a label. Yeah, Buddha was their demos exactly put out on a label and then they came out with a real record of the same songs but no longer demos called Cheshire Cat. Right. Or Cheshire. Cheshire? Cheshire. 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 Uh, Wait, this is the this is the band that you've brought in today. Yeah. Uh, I, what what makes you uh, so connected to this band? What uh, why do you want to talk about them? Well, I love them. They're my favorite band. Um, they're the first CD I ever got. My brother and my cousin went to the CD store, and I they said we're gonna pick you out some albums. They got me. Were they older than you? And they were just like trying to form your musical yeah, taste. Five years older. Mm-hmm. This was nineteen ninety. Eight, okay. and they got me a uh, Cheshire Cat, Chesh- Cheshire Cat, uh, by Blink, and they got me uh, a Survival of the Fattest Records um, compilation. Oh, album. a Fat Records compilation! And so it was great, life changing, mm-hmm. absolutely life changing. And there was no go, ab- there was just no going back. Yeah. From then on, uh, Blink One Eighty Two was my favorite band, and I was fortunate because that was right before Enema of the State came out. I was going to ask because you had mentioned before not wanting to like things that were popular. Right. Well, see, I grew up in Alabama, so Blink-182 was never popular. Okay. Even after when they blew up? Even like... Because it's country town? Yeah. It was like... Country country? Because it's country country? Hip-hop country. And then where I was from, it was like Dave Matthews Matthews Band and Jack Johnson and Sublime. Okay. And Sublime... I'm like, Sublime is like... Blink adjacent, adjacent yeah. for, for sure. sure. Yeah, but they had this reggae stoner thing, and I'm from a beach town in Alabama, so you know it was it fit. It fit. S- too hard. Blink was too hard for I think this Blink beach was town. Too silly and like mm-hmm. eh. irreverent. Yeah, exactly. They wanted, you know, they couldn't wrap their heads around it. Mm-hmm. It's it's too too much. <laughs> what are they doing? What, what are they even Gosh, talking what about? Is the, what that. are these lyrics? They're so mystifying. <laughs> yeah. Layered poetry. I don't understand. Were you skating at that time? Yes. Did that... Uh, Did you skate before Blink? 
Yes. Okay. So, so did it feel like a marriage made in heaven? Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, my older brother got me into skating too. He was in a cover band called Toxic Toothpaste, and they covered <laughs> "Damn It" yes. by Blink. And I knew that song. They covered "Damn It" by Blink, "Brohem" by Pennywise, and then "My Right" by Screeching Weasel. So I I knew these songs, but I didn't know who the bands were. I probably just thought that my brother's band wrote them. <laughs> and then uh, when I got, you know, what I was saying is like I got Cheshire Cat, and then I got um, Dude Ranch, mm-hmm. and then uh, um, Enema of the State came out, and they were more accessible, and. So I kind of got to discover them in the order that they are meant to be discovered. Right. And, uh, yeah, I guess they sort of... You grew up with them. I did. They evolved as I got older. Yeah. And then stopped. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God they stopped. I think it'd be really lame if they were, like, trying to... Oh, I'm so glad that they're not pulling a Weezer and still putting out, trying to write music like they were in high school. Well, no, I'm saying they do still do that. And I think that that's, I hate that. I think, no, I they, think that. Uh, do they still put out music? Yeah, they don't yes. do They that? had like kind of a, a relatively big hit like what? a year or two ago. They had two huge hits two years huge? ago. Huge? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they knocked, they knocked Drake out of the number one. Really? Yes, you well, host this music podcast. You don't seem to know anything. Oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> about the most important music yes. in the world. Um, what were the songs that knocked Drake A song Drake called Bored to Death. And uh, and that was a song I didn't think I knew, but then I played it, and I was like, oh, I recognize this because like, K-Rock was playing it a lot. Yeah. And, like, yeah. I do not they listen to alternative music radio anymore at all. Oh, okay. Like, full stop. We've talked about this before, too. I don't really... I mostly listen to rap and pop radio. Yeah. It might it might have been a big enough song. I don't know. It they had a lineup change. Blink. Yeah. Because one of their members... Uh, went and started some other band and then uh they, they had a lineup change and everybody was like well yeah good luck and they put out their new record and they su- were going on this like smaller theater tour mm-hmm. and they didn't they weren't able to predict how successful it would be so they had to re-gear their whole tour and do these bigger venues and all this stuff well I think too like Blink-182 is just like a generation's band Mm -hmm. like they are in many ways like as big to people growing up in the early 2000s as like Nirvana was to people growing up in the early 90s yeah you know like Mm -hmm. that's like their band it's like they defined a kind of movement in music they kind of defined this pop punk genre they're like kind of the godfathers of that and especially because of the bands that came after them were so clearly influenced by Blink-182 yeah they invented a new style of singing yeah. All together, uh-huh. which is the whole thing, like like not hiding the SoCal accent, right? Yeah, no one was doing that. Then they came out and they did it, and uh, now you know it's like in the zeitgeist of music. So many people have copied the voices, in and Blink presumably artists not even from that area. Oh yeah, no, there's no there's British bands who. Sing like like spiders. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You do it very well. Yeah, yeah. You do the what? What are, the, what are those, those lines? Where are you? And then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> spiders, and then um, mashing up their insides. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Where are you? And I'm so sorry. 
I mean, they've shaped every aspect of my life. Got into Blink as a kid, started playing music because of I, their songs were easy enough to learn how to play. Uh, then, you know, based on that, then, I, you know, you do the thing of like seeing what shirts they're wearing mm-hmm. and then going and listening to those <laughs> bands, you know, yeah. if they were wearing some Descendants shirt or whatever, and then you go and figure out who the Descendants are. Yeah. And then... Um, it overflowed into comedy. Like I used to tell a joke about Blink One Eighty Two, and they found out about it. Mm-hmm. This is a lovely story, uh, listeners. It's like one. Of, it's such a sweet and nice. I like it so much. It's like um, George's uh, um, Bruce Bruce story. Springsteen story. It's like so good. We have a friend who was a huge Bruce fan who like figured out a way and like he kind of made, did like a Hail Mary pass and then ended up on stage with Bruce Springsteen at a concert Whoa. Like, like dancing like doing dancing in the dark playing a guitar yeah <laughs> <laughs> like it was crazy that's really cool uh, so this is kind of like your <laughs> your version well cause you you had yeah. a, a very funny joke uh, about I mean the song that we were just singing I Miss You yeah about the way that Tom uh, sings yeah it was one song. of my first bits like eight years ago or however Mm -hmm. long and it was um yeah i just would talk about the idea of getting older and trying to adapt to (laughs) getting older as a person in a pop punk band and how blink has two singers and it seems like mark hoppus is sort of open to the change of aging. Uh He's down to age, and he's comfortable with it, and you can really feel it in the song, Miss You, because his voice, he's like kind of leaning into his mid-30s, and then Tom comes in, and he's like, nope, (laughs) with the where are you. Yeah, uh, still a boy. Yeah, no, who cares? We're not old, and it's fine. (laughs) And then, yeah, so that's the idea. And um, so I did that, and I did it at a comedy festival and someone took a photo of it and probably a video well no no just, just a, a photo and the- and um they said Whitmer With Thomas Whitmer yeah. Thomas talking about Blink-182 and the audience is like loving it's they're they're laughing and I'm laughing on stage and then Mark wrote what is this he like responded <laughs> yeah and I was filming classic Whitmer Thomas was filming my friend skate and I had my friend my phone on airplane mode so I wasn't getting but everybody was texting me and so then I turned my phone on a couple hours later and I have all these texts mm-hmm. like as if it's like my birthday or something right uh, Mark responded to something you're tagged in oh my god and then it turned out that he went and found a video of me doing it yeah uh, of the first time I ever did the joke oh wow okay and so it's really sloppy and I think I make fun of him a lot in it Mm -hmm. which (laughs) the joke evolved to where I know I no longer really made fun of either of them it was just kind of about an observation yeah yeah. um so he found it he's like I think it's really funny I also think everybody from San Diego is uh like acts like they got in a car crash or something like that (laughs) it was like i was making fun of san diego and uh some one thing led to another and um jonah ray said if you ever need a drummer to play in between acts at your comedy show i think it'd be funny if i played drums just like alone and then mark was like i think i should play bass and he like 
responded to both of us. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote, haha, yeah, right, I'll kill myself because I'll <laughs> have, that's my dream. And then he hit me up over DM and was like, no, I think it'd be funny. I don't have anything going on right now. The so, magic of social media. Yeah. This is the good. All. Connects us all. <laughs> yeah. And I, it was just a magical time. And then, uh, so yeah, we did a whole bit at my show where uh, we were just goofing off me and Jonah, just kind of making fun of Jonah Ray as he was just playing drums by himself in between mm-hmm. comedians and how awkward it was and sounded. And then um, I was like, maybe I'll try to play guitar. And this is at the end of the show. I was like, oh, we still sound like shit. We need texture. And then Mark was planted in the center of the audience. And he said, I can be texture. And Mark had hinted that he was going to do something at the show. So like a lot of people there were there. There was probably like in a, you know, 250 seats at this venue, the satellite, there was probably a hundred diehard follow everything Mark Hoppus does, Blink-182 fans there. Mm-hmm. And then we started playing Damn It, and the uh, everybody pushed the tables and chairs to the side, and it just became this like free-for-all mosh pit, people jumping on stage... It was insane. It was like the be- it was the best night of my life, no question. And then we closed. We did some covers. We did a Nirvana cover and a Dinosaur Junior cover and a cover of The Cure. And then um, did uh, closed with "I Miss You." Right, and you got to do, basically do yeah, the you bit. Got to do we the did bit. the bit pretty you much. Did do the bit with music. Mark, and Mark set Hoppers, it up. Yeah. He told the story and then set up the bit, and it was great. It was a full on dream. And there's a video of it on YouTube, but I think my name is misspelled. <laughs> what? But, is it spelled like Whitemer? <laughs> something like that, yeah. Come on. Whitemer. White mare. <laughs> yeah, you know, I get Tomas. in Ubers all the time, Uber or Lyft, and someone goes, your name is, it's usually yeah, someone who, yeah, whatever, and they go, uh, your name is White and you're white. <laughs> That's like a really common thing that people say <laughs> when I get Whoa. usually Eng- English as a second language. They're kind of just like that name is because my name on the Uber app is what wit. And they're like, oh, that name is white. And there's right. a white ass guy walking towards my car. That's funny. Um, That's so cool that that all happened to you. Were you? Yeah, it's been truly downhill ever since. <laughs> like that was great. That was four year, three or four years ago. And Really, like, just nothing since. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to, I'm, you, yeah, you, you, I'll say it, you peaked. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Now, I was, I was there in the audience, and it was... No uh, way! Yeah, you, I, yeah. Oh, I wow. I don't, that. it's all a blur. There, I mean, me. there was also literally hundreds of people there, yeah. but yeah, I, w- I was there, and it was watching you... Uh, be the happiest little boy <laughs> and it's, it's like yeah sweet. you get to literally live your dream you get to do comedy and music with your hero doing the song that mm-hmm. you wrote a joke about i mean really what's better there that's it you done did it yeah and he couldn't have been nicer he was saying cool stuff all night like dude it's been a long time since i've played a show where the people are like this close to right. me and oh, for sure. my yeah. friend Brock from Alabama came and Brock actually taught me how to play the song Carousel by Blink-182 on the bass when I was in sixth grade and he came and watched and I was like this is Brock he's like Aww. he's the one who taught me all about how to play bass and Mark would talk to him for a while and it was just like it was wild surreal yeah yeah so you have his phone number you like do mm-hmm. you guys text each other yeah if I something you know, I'll, something's relevant to his interests. Yeah, I'm not gonna bother him too much. Um, 
He's a very giving guy, and I imagine I'm not the only person he's done some life-changing shit to. Um, but if they play in L.A., I would go text him and say, can I go watch? And, you know? Cool. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, they're coming. They're coming. They're touring with Lil Wayne. Yeah. yeah. With Lil Wayne. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> That'll be interesting. Yeah, a merge of hip-hop and yeah. pop-punk. Wouldn't that have been funny if you uh, hit him up and he got you tickets to Firefest? <laughs> before Dude. they canceled <laughs> yeah i haven't talked to him about firefest i think he truly was like i just don't want to play firefest because they didn't have the equipment for us to actually play and yeah. we found he out could sniff out that yeah, yeah they weren't that ready it was not yeah. above board that something was very wrong with that festival i love the idea of lil wayne and blink what are you two touring together because it is like the year 2001 came to life like that is the real. That's some real two thousand one. Yeah. Stuff. I, Which, should, I feel like Lil Wayne was a little bit later than that, or maybe I just wasn't cool and I didn't hear about Lil Wayne until later. Yeah. Well, well no, Lil I Wayne. Remember. What was his first big song? Well, because he's on, uh, he's like on a track with like seven other rappers, and I want to say it's maybe back that ass up. Um, I don't. Uh, right? Isn't he? I think he is on back that ass up. He's on Soldier with Destiny's Child. Uh, and that was like I feel like before he had his big that's like, like one of his first he was things was like he was on Soldier in like 2000 I want to say maybe 2001 because the Carter wasn't until 2004 but that so, was yeah. his big break to me that was his but also again I'm lame so. I didn't know nothing about Lil Wayne until he started touring with Blank. Well, I remember it being <laughs> like 2009 and there was a documentary that came out about him that got he got pulled was it because he was drinking scissor? Yeah, and he was really mean, and we found it, and we downloaded it and watched it illegally, and he, he comes off like a really bad guy in it. But anyway, that was my f- introduction to him, and I was like, what songs does this guy sing? Mm-hmm. And then I think still to this day, the only song I know of his is that... um Lollipop? I got a lot of crooks trying to steal your heart. And you know that song? How to Love. How to Love. That's what okay. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I... Mrs. Officer, for some reason, sure. really connected Lady with Cop. me. Yeah, uh, and that's that song's got all sorts of problems, but a lot of songs have a lot well, of problems. Well, now he's big. Lil Wayne's big in the skate world. That's well, odd. he started to skate. He put out that rock album too in the mid to like 2010, something like that. He like put out a, just a straight rock album. He's like, I skate and I play rock music. Get yeah. used to it. And everyone was like, we don't like it. And he's mm-hmm. like, cool, I'll go back to rapping. <laughs> um, so Blink-182 becomes eligible this year for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yes. Uh, with, when it comes to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they're not very clear about the criteria of why someone goes in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's just kind of nebulous. So I've done my homework to try and come up with a list of criteria that we can use and hopefully accurately determine if someone will get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to put fucking Blink-182 to the test of the categories. (laughs) Oh, is that going to have a theme song too? Nope. We'll be right back. Bye. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you had a nice break. I hope maybe uh, our talk of skating made you think, oh, I should try that if you've never tried it before. Yeah, maybe you got out there, you put it on pause, you got out there on a skateboard and it you gave it a, a whirl. Flip. You kicked, pushed, kicked, pushed, coast. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's there's a Lupe fiasco. There's some skate beef with that song. Really? 
What is that song? I don't because know. Because people it. think Kick Push by Lupe Fiasco, a yeah. Chicago rapper. People think the skate community, I guess, thinks of uh, Lupe as being a phony who's just trying to make a buck off of the skate culture. But he's he was way I early was, on that. That was like 2000 one 2003 it was when right when i moved to la right before i moved to la yes maybe 2005 hmm. um, do you think that's racially motivated no because it's it's, do you think it's most accurate? of the like black skaters who oh i see who kind of are involved in hip-hop is also i remember there used to be this beef with this guy named terry kennedy who uh who didn't like lupe fiasco because he's like he's just trying to get in, in commercials or something like that. Lupe Fiasco is a bit of a lifestyle rapper. I think that, my, like, but he wasn't selling a, like, rap lifestyle. He was selling the kind of, like, hip skateboard lifestyle. The backpack rap. Yeah, the backpack rap. I think it's an important gateway. Interesting. I, I gateway drug. I'm not mad about Lupe. I'm not step. mad about that album. Subsequent ones, I did not like as much. Yeah, you just want authenticity, I think, when it comes to hip hop. And maybe he didn't skate, and I think maybe that's a problem. He didn't skate? Well, I don't know. I, I don't know anything about him, but I, I think... Uh, yeah, you know who will know less about him? Our listeners. Yep. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's go through these categories. If you know okay. who Lupe it, Fiasco was before we talked about it today, please tweet at us. I would love to know. Sometimes, tweet at... Just tweet at Kristen. Well, tweet <laughs> at I don't, us I don't need to hear about Joe this. forwarded to me. Thank I you. I don't need to hear about this. Uh, all right. So let's go through these categories with Blink, see how they, how they measure. Okay. Uh, so the first category not a great one for blink which is critical acclaim oh and (laughs) after after you were like well uh he taught me the bass part when i was in sixth grade because it was really easy to learn it's like i think you know the the relationship between critics and blink has been one that has not been super kind but it has evolved in blink's favor over time i think so i think nowadays uh, people would look back and go, oh, that's important that they did right. all that. You can certainly recognize the influence. At the time, uh, they weren't taken very seriously. Which and they didn't take themselves yeah, seriously. Yeah, they it were make pretty... Sense. Yeah. I think that they kind of got... Um, because they came about in the kind of like jackass era, you know, especially like they became really popular in that when like... When young male skate culture kind of took over the mainstream for a while and nobody but people didn't necessarily like take it seriously as music as like they didn't take their music seriously they were like this is for kids who just want to have fun and like hurt themselves right mm-hmm. like and you know it's it's weird you almost are forced to retroactively reconsider it which may be an oxymoron or maybe a redundancy, but the fact that every band after them in that genre, how many of them have been super popular, you know, it's like Blink-182 could have existed exactly how they existed and you don't have to take them seriously, but it just so happens they influence so many people to pick up a guitar and start a band. I mean, yeah, there's then Blink-182. In the wake of Blink-182, you get Fallout Boy. You get Panic at the Disco. Panic at the Disco, you get chemical, My Chemical Romance, Taking Back Sunday. What all of Warp Tour is. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's they were such a Warp Tour band. When you were talking about that like Fat Records compilation, that was like, for me, going to Warp Tour in the 90s was very like... That was when I first saw Blink, and that was when I first... Like, just on compilation CDs was kind of the thing, but I was... Uh, I 
I was never huge into Blink. I was more into ska and then I was more or I was more into like hardcore punk and less into pop punk Mm -hmm. than that. I think it also just was like generational for me. It's like if I missed Pokemon, (laughs) damn, I missed Pokemon by a few years and I missed truly liking Blink Blink 182 by a few years. Mm -hmm. The next category is classic albums. Now, the Rolling Stones set is not going to put Blink any Blink 182 albums on a list of that the greatest is, albums that of is all time. That's for sure. Uh, it, Rolling Stone. So, in a way, this almost lets you still be an outsider. You were like, you know, I don't like, I didn't want to get with anything that was too popular. Mm-hmm. But now it's like you're an outsider for the critics. Yeah. You know? Uh, I, if they do have a classic album, you know, if a list was made of the greatest albums of all time and it was made in maybe 20 years. I think Enema of the State could wind up there. No question. People yeah. are going to realize because right now there's already beginning to be a like pop punk in the style of Blink-182 resurgence bands sounding like them again. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a band that comes out that sounds like them from 1999 that wins awards and then they're going to go, oh, we were just copying what Blink-182 did in 1999. And then people will go back and go, oh, that album was really important. But it's going to take 10 more years. Yeah, it's going to take some time. Yeah. You can tell it's going to be important and like a landmark. But like, we're, there's just too many old people to uh, say no to that idea at this point. And also the big Beak Blink fans aren't old enough to make those fancy decisions. So right, yeah. I think that's very, that's very true. Yeah. What they can do is they can show up to the Rock Hall and then they can type Blink-182 into a kiosk. Now, ooh, question. Do you think that there's um, two separate votes going for like Blink-182 and then Blink-182? You know, I don't don't think the logistics of the... I think it's all going in the same place. You think so? Yeah. Well, and what about British people who type in Blink-182? Hmm. I don't know if there's a difference. <laughs> I know. British people call them Blink-182. That's right. It's I have heard really, that. It's a really like, fun thing that the British people... I don't know if you know this. I've uh, lived abroad. Uh, oh, no. Uh-oh. Just, I've oh, been no. around. Wait, I have wait, come with been me. exposed we can leave now. to different cultures. I'm calling and an so, Uber. Like, I am <laughs> a bit of a cultural liaison you cool with an Uber when pool it comes with? to yeah, how okay. things Great. are. Okay, it's know? coming. I've told them to bring a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, then let's let's talk about kind of iconic or recognizable songs. And I think Blink does quite well in this category. Well, and this was the thing that this came up on an earlier episode when we were talking about the idea that uh, what was it? Smoke on the Water is the riff that people would play in a guitar store. And it used to be banned from a guitar store. And they were and like they said it at the Rock Hall induction like a few years ago. Was mm-hmm. it when Deep Purple got inducted yeah. mm-hmm. during Deep Purple's induction? They said that and it was like. We were all like, is that still true? And it's probably not. People are not playing Smoke on the Water in a, or young people aren't picking up a guitar and playing that for the first time. And we're like, what is the riff that people are playing? And it might be yeah, from Damn It. Damn It. I mean, Smoke on the Water, is, I learned that right when I learned how to play it's, guitar. It's one of those, like, it, anyone can do it. It fucking sounds cool. And uh, that and uh, Cream... And Iron Man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the trifecta of that era. Don't tell Um, little Steven. (laughs) Right. Singles category. uh, But Uh, yeah, Sunshine of Your Love. Yeah. Yeah. Blink 182 for sure is. That's, I think, why they're so important to so many young people. And even today, you go to their concert, those dudes are in their 40s and 
and everybody, most of the people at their shows are 15 still. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's because they had this accessible quality to their music and kids hear it and they go, oh, I want to, I can figure out how to play that. Or, you know, Blink-182 cover bands are rampant. It's crazy. What are some fun Blink-182 cover band names? Ooh. Have you heard well, of any? N- no, but they spawned a band called Man Overboard, which is like a good... Which is one of their songs. Yeah, which is a song that they did. There's a lot, I mean... I don't know. I've always. I can't believe there's no band called Windy Clear, which is my favorite Blink One Eighty Two song. Mm-hmm. But they they have so many riffs though that you could play. Right, because like the the more uh, complicated is that little opening riff to What's My Age Again. Which on the live album, their live tour album from like the late nineties, Tom before he plays it, he goes, "This one's hard to play, so give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> Because I think that song that is kind of hard to play that riff, and then all the small things is like a it's like a pretty yeah. easy riff. And then uh, yeah, if we're talking about like the songs that everybody knows uh, from Blink One Eighty Two, it's uh, "Damn It." What's my age it's again? It's what's my age again. And that's about the time she walked away from me. Nobody likes you when you're 23. And I saw more of you my TV shows. What the hell is ADD? My friends say I should act my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? Uh, all the small things. Yeah. All the small things. True care. Truth brings. I'll take one lift. You're right. Adam song. Yeah, Adam song. That's the sad one. Yeah, it's the one about the suicide. They did yeah. a piece in, on NPR about that song recently and how many people's lives it changed. Really? Suicidal teens. You know, teens. Yeah. That song is really important to a lot of them because that, that was written about their friend who committed yeah. suicide. And so many people have the lyrics to that song tattooed on him and they were interviewing maybe Mark about it. I remember the idea of that song. I can't tell you how it goes off the top of my head. Apple juice (laughs) in the hall. Please tell mom this is not her fault. Yes. Apple juice This is what is special about them, especially is this the that... only band that's repping hard for apple juice. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yeah, dude. Okay, spilled the app. Do you remember when I spilled the cup of apple juice in the hall? Please tell mom this is not her fault. That most people would go, well, that's a bad lyric. <laughs> <laughs> but there is something mm, with would... their simplicity that is such a s- stupid nothing memory. Uh-huh. And then they follow it with, please tell mom this is not her fault. And then, what the fuck? Yeah. It's incredible. They like, baited, and then they done switched. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, great. It's yeah. great. It's like following uh, the moment in The Jerk where he thinks the cans are, there's something wrong with the cans, and then with the beautiful scene of them walking down the beach playing that song. Yeah, it's it's the dichotomy of man. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Truly. And I, don't, I doubt they had any awareness 
I think they were just they're like, just being real. You know, young. they're just doing their yeah. thing. And then I would say, like, I miss you, which we had already kind of referenced. That's the game changer song for them. Really? How so? Because it's fully emo. Yeah. They were this gateway. They were pop punk, and then they were they they did the well, bridge to emo. They had take off your pants and jacket, which is like. Okay, this is a different turn, but they're still upbeat, and it's still like I'm young and I make mistakes and blah 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 blah. Uh, but then they have a couple songs about being lonely and being misunderstood, but they're still really upbeat. Then they get self-titled album, Miss You comes out. Was Boom. that a- that was after Take Off Your Pants? Yeah. So there were some hits on Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, which, again, how do you not take them seriously? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like the 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 rock show. First date. First date. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Don't wait. Remember that. And songs. apparently those songs were written because the label was like, Y'all don't have any hits on this song. We need singles. And they wrote Hastily, First Day and yeah. Rock Show, like in a couple days. Right. And can you tell? Uh maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but first date is to this on day the very first day. That's the best oh best music video of all time. What's, in my opinion. What, what is in what's the in music the video? video? They it's in the seventies and they were going to a water park. Okay. It's just the three of them and they're just like these dickheads going to the water park. Mm-hmm. And it's hilarious. Their videos were always very funny. Yeah. And yeah. fun. Running around naked. Mm-hmm. Just running around. They, Yeah. I really, the like, they came into just kind of like young male dumbass culture was just like taken over at that time. <laughs> and they were leading the church. Yeah. And I think I was probably low key. I wasn't as high key as I am now about it, but I think I was probably low key resenting that shit. I was like, fuck you. You can't just run around and be a dipshit all the time and have everyone love you for it. Cause you know who can't do that? Women. Damn. Like, and I was like so mad about it probably, but didn't understand. I, I probably hadn't processed that. Uh-huh. Uh, so I, it resulted really, in me being like, there's not a lot of female pop punk. No bands. Mm-mm. There's female punk bands. Yes. Par- Paramore, right? That's cl- the closest thing I could think of. Yeah, that's yeah. probably the closest. But they're more emo, right? Yeah, I but guess I would they say were pop punk though. They're they're close, and then they. I think they're definitely inspired by Blink One Eighty Two. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, but that's. I mean, so and they and it's not like they're all women. They just have a woman. A woman. <laughs> front, like, a front it's woman. Yeah. Not, does she play guitar? Sometimes would be my guess, but yeah. I think mostly I know she not. plays Most, piano. Okay. Yeah, well. and also she's like incredible and destined to be something. They yeah they stuck around for a while. Paramore yeah. and they keep reinventing themselves. They do a good job of, of reinventing keep themselves, it, keeping it fresh. But mm-hmm. they are someone that that's a band that I'm like only very peripherally aware of. Mm-hmm. I, they're great, and you hear their songs and you're like, oh yeah, yeah I know that. Well, that one song, uh, and I'm gonna hit to rock bottom. Yeah, that hard song time. is so good. Hard times. That yeah. song is. Just, oh yeah, that, that is, song's great. That's a straight up bop. Ain't it uh, fun? So, also, like from song. that same. Mm-hmm. 
It's only from a few years ago. Rose colored boy. But I mean, there are some, but, but I think that I think too, also growing up in warp tour culture and like being like a ska kid and, and that kind of stuff, it was very, it was frustrating just how male it was and kind of like it, it even to be like peripheral like a sideline like your job as a girl in like music culture from that time and now still was to like watch your boyfriend's band watch your boyfriend skate like those were that's like your whole job was to like be not be an yeah. active participant but yeah it's uh, like look cute and then congratulate, you know, mm-hmm. uh, um, and it was like, like there was just no representation necessarily like on stage. It was a lot of there were a lot of like, you know, scene kids out there just, you know. Well, the I think in a way it's probably good because now there's not a checkered pass of a bunch of really cool, talented women with uh, re- making really bad decisions as musicians. <laughs> I think all of those talented women who maybe wore the giant giant puffy shoes and giant pants and tiny shirt yep. and watched their boyfriends play were like, I want to play music, but not that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so they started some better. cool bands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, um, or they maybe like did some art. They didn't art, though. Art no. Ma- math rock or like metalcore or whatever it is. I, and I know in my scene, like most of the female led bands were something that you couldn't really make fun of nowadays yeah it mm-hmm. was it would be some like cool power violence band or some cool like hardcore band right but nothing that could be i don't know commercially viable right you're right <laughs> yeah that's the... successful mm-hmm. you, you know nothing they could them. retire on but you can't really you can't make fun of them but they hold up you've never fucking heard of them. <laughs> cool they Great. hold up Good for but them. guess what they're they are punk that's all that matters <laughs> uh, so so a good amount of songs that i would say most people recognize uh from damn it what's my age again adam song all the small things rock show first date i miss you and then uh we had talked about this a little bit before the song bored to death uh was a song that came out on their album california which is a post tom yeah, Delong or Delong? Delong, and DeLong. he went and made what Angels in Airways. Well, he yeah. he kind of did that before. He did Boxcar Racer. Oh yeah, I remember. And that. after I Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, uh, which was like more dark, kind of more emo. And then uh, they did the self-titled album. Boxcar Racer was very annoying. It was stupid mm-hmm. that he did that. Angels and Airwaves, I recall thinking was pretty decent. I remember them having a hit. Like Angels and Airwaves, they had a few hits. Yeah, Angels and Airwaves, fine. They're not for me, but they sound nothing like Blink One Eighty Two. And that's what you found annoying about Boxcar Racer. Boxcar Racer sounded like Blink One Eighty Two without Mark Hoppus. And didn't he? Did he do it with Travis? Yeah. And that was a po- real point of contention. Oh wow! Big. T- I mean, I imagine. Yeah. I, I. I don't know the story, but I was, I was reading a little bit up on it, and, and that was like, okay, if you're going to do a side project, and then you invite the other guy in the band and not yeah. me, and then there's like, three people in the band, and it's a right? Yeah. Band. <laughs> yeah. It's. It, I'm going to take it personally, which is fully I think understandable. It is a situation of, oh, if we have Mark, nobody's going to take us seriously because they'll just think of us as this joke band, like Blink One Eighty Two. And Mark's, I think, point has always been, I don't care what people mm-hmm. really have to say about us. I think it's important that we just continue to make music together and are friends. Yeah. And I think Tom probably cares a little bit more about 
little more about being taken seriously as a right. musician. And so they, they have gone back and forth from like, we're never going to play. I mean, after Travis got in that uh, plane crash, I think yeah. that obviously brought them back together and then they started making music again. And then it's just been really back and forth. He's Literally, okay though, right now? He is, but it was, it was yeah. a... It's bad. There's a great documentary about it. I can't remember the name of it, but it's about it's DJ AM. The day AM. the music died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Travis Barker, um, Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, yeah. all on a no, plane right, together. No, because DJ AM died in that plane. No, crash, no. Right? they were the no. only two that survived. But they then DJ AM survived. is now dead, isn't he? Yes, DJ AM really tragically died like a f- couple years later. Um, but the documentary is so good. It's about DJ AM and the how he sort of invented the like famous DJ. He was like the mm-hmm. first one, you know, in a way, and then it goes into the plane crash, and it's it's crazy. Wow. Um, but uh, that's why I, I honestly the only reason I know who DJ AM is is because he almost died and then he did die. Those I, are the things that I know about DJ. Same for me. <laughs> yeah, but it's worth watching this. Uh, there's also stuff about Paris Hilton and, and that whole scene, you know. Uh, Wild. Who was who was the drummer married to? Shanna Mokler. They had like a reality show they on MTV. They did have a reality show, yeah. What was it called? Travis and Shanna. Really? Waking <laughs> up with the drummer. <laughs> well, Travis, my buddy Clay, his favorite thing about Blink-182 is that Travis put out a solo record called Give the Drummer Some. Oh, that's a good name. <laughs> that's cute. That's cute. That's uh, cute. Do you want to hear this this song, Bored to Death? Sure. Sure. Uh, this is from their most recent album. This is from their most recent album. This mm-hmm. is the one that knocked out Drake. Well, this did, song? Did the, did the album knock out Drake? Oh, I, don't know. I wouldn't say the song, I would say didn't. But was this the song from it? This was the lead, yeah. The lead I, song. I've lead never single. heard this song in my whole life. It sounds like classic Blink. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I, I don't hate this. I would not choose it. Oh, here, here comes... It just really reminds me of a time in my life. This is a very Taking Back Sunday, mm-hmm. very like. I think that Blink was influenced. What you can really hear the influence of the bands that were influenced by Blink and Blink's records. The Ouroboros of them yeah. influencing yeah. You can other. hear the Taking Back Sunday in their coming back up. To yeah, him. yeah, and they yeah. go, oh, these young, these guys. They figured it out. These guys liked us and now they're making this cool shit let's kind of sound like because well, the guy who replaced tom DeLong is matt, matt skiba, skiba yeah. from, from alkaline, alkaline trio, trio a band that i loved mm-hmm. like i mean i still really i'm sure i like them i just don't often listen to alkaline mm-hmm. trio and what, here's what's cool about seeing them now is tom would sing their old songs and uh he would just fuck it up like he's a notoriously bad live musician mm-hmm. and um uh now you got matt skiba who i think is I don't know if this sounds like I'm not trying to sound like a dick, but Alkaline was always that band on the border. They were always on the bubble. They, they never, never exploded, ever but they always had this big. core group of fans. So who knows if he's ever getting like a real paycheck? 
mm-hmm. you know yeah so, i don't know what anyone would know of alkaline trio like if you don't you know, know the, the name, band alkaline trio like, you don't yeah. know any of this maybe you know fuck you aurora i don't know like yeah. what you would I, know i, I mean you, i'm you from can... chicago so i like that oh, is yeah, more big. like i know who they are because of where I grew up and the kind of music that I grew up listening to, but they are not a big band. No, they're an important. But band. I know a lot of people with tattoos, of and their... they could tour for the rest of their life, and yeah. people would show up, but they probably would never be rich or whatever. Yeah. So uh-huh. when you're watching Blink now, and you're watching them play these new songs, also Matt Skiba is an incredible guitar player, and he can sing like really good. So you watch them and you see him be so excited to play cool. in yeah. front of so many people. Yeah. Finally, I'm glad That's really for him. Sweet. My what sister a sweet story. went and saw them. My sister is 14 years younger than me, and she got into Blink 182 when she was in college. She was like, "Kristen, you have all of these great old CDs," and I was like, "Oh yeah, get into it, girl." Oh sure, little she's sister. Like, she's, yeah, she's like, "I'm going to see Blink 182, and I'm really excited." Let I was me like, tell "I you about saw Bar them Harper. in 1997." You better like, buckle up. Hmm? Well, I guess this is growing up. <laughs> That's the only tattoo. What's my age? Again? I always think about getting like a real tattoo. I get them as uh-huh. a joke, but yeah. <laughs> and that's the only thing I can ever think of getting. Well, I guess this is growing up. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, uh, the next category is commercial success, which is like, yep, that's the that's like the whole thing. Yeah, they, they sold fucking more than fifty yeah. million records worldwide. Like they, yeah, their success. And kids are still getting into them. Mm-hmm. You brought that up, and it's true. It's just like there is a time in your life. That is the time for Blink-182. And Blink really killed it with merch. So you're seeing people maybe <laughs> ironically wearing Blink-182 Wait, shirts. Wait, really? I'm maybe. trying to think of what the Blink-182, what's the merch look like? Well, I mean, I didn't recognize your hat. He's wearing a hat with like a little skanking uh, bunny, the, bunny the, on the, it. Their most sought after merch for people my age is just the album artwork for Enema of the State and Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. So Janine Linda Muller, the porn yeah. star. I know the, the porn star with the nurse, um, outfit, with the nurse the outfit. That's Enema of the State. What's and on take the Take Off Your Pants and Jacket is a primary colors of a plane, a pair of pants, and a jacket. Uh, and like take around. off, much like their lyrics. Pants. Where did they get the idea yes. for that? They're subtle. What does that they're mean? They're subtle boys. And then I have, and they're cool, and they reissue their old merch. And I have um, an old Blink One Eighty Two hat from uh, their like first, you know, It'll their first be in logo the of a rabbit from this yeah. thing. We're gonna remember to take for a sure. picture together, uh-huh. and, and then we'll maybe be take able a picture to just zoom the hat in too. on mm-hmm. the hat. Um, and that that ties into the next category, longevity, which is the fact that they're because they are able to connect with teenagers still. Yeah, they've been able to have a long career. You know, they started like they became eligible this year, so they were kind of starting out in the mid '90s, and they're still going today. And that is uh, another like I think huge uh, point in their favor. Right. It's like I was thinking about this recently. As long as there's teenagers, people will like Blink-182. <laughs> as long as there is college art kids, people will like the talking heads. But mm-hmm. a type of person who's dying is like a bigoty, hard rockin', sunset strip dickhead. People might not like hair metal in the future. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, no one new is liking hair metal. Yeah, there's yeah. not new. There, it's not gaining new fans. Right. It's just riding out the storm yeah it, yeah it's just the people who liked it are, are still around you know they're just older you know and they're going to the rock and roll hall of fame and it's it's the the skaters versus the sunset it's strip versus goths in a different in a different uh, uh, light 
and this oh this is one other thing i'll say about longevity and blink another nice thing about mark hoppus is he is completely unaware of how his music has affected people in the generations below him he doesn't understand that he's cool really you know i i I was saying to him one time that um dude your colorway for your bass guitar he has this seafoam green bass that he's known for is the most everybody wants everybody in the bands that i go see and and i play with we everybody wants a fender strat or a fender precision bass that is that seafoam green color and that's because of you when when we were kids we saw you play that and he was like what who and i was saying these <laughs> cool bands that are like relevant and cool today and he's like really they know about they like gave a fuck about what i was doing i always thought of blink 182 as like outcasts like dorks nobody cool would ever like blink 182 and it's funny i think i think that's why he's remained having such a cool attitude is because he like feels lucky to be thought he of. hasn't let it go to his head right he doesn't even seem to really have a grasp on uh, no. the impact. No, not at all. And Travis is like just some weirdo prodigy who's just like bang, bang, bang. <laughs> He's just like, I need to, I need to play a drum. Right, me, me play drum now. Uh, give drummer some. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. that, I feel like I saw a few episodes of his reality show, or at least I can think of a few minutes of his reality show. And it was mm-hmm. just like one of those ones where it's just well i think it was supposed to be like very lighthearted, and then he got into a plane crash and it became like very super serious i don't even remember that i remember just like being like it was like him and his like porn star looking wife and then like that their kids and there was just nothing it wasn't about anything it was just meet the barkers (laughs) is what it was called these people just live in a big house and that's that Mm -hmm. like what I, I think maybe markers. I just don't understand that style of reality television because I also yeah. didn't get into like and that the was Osbournes back in the anything. day, the yeah. Osbournes and yeah. all that stuff. Um, the next category, and it's something we've already talked about quite a bit, is innovation and influence. I wouldn't say that they were necessarily innovative, but the influence is, I mean, we've been talking about it the whole time. It's, it's crazy, and it's also not something that has gone unnoticed. Uh, in 2011, 2011, the New York Times said no punk band of the 1990s has been more influential than Blink-182. They're just so... I mean, I can't think of another band to even put in the category. Like, this is what I mean. Like, I was... I thought of this earlier. Like, Fall Out Boy is not... Like, the bands that came after them or the bands that they influenced or whatever, like Fall Out Boy or, like, Panic at the Disco, even though they're still releasing music, I guess. Oh, Panic at the Disco is still very popular and have... There's a song they have right now called, like, How High that is... High Hopes. High Hopes, that's it. And he he duets with Taylor Swift. He did a duet with Taylor Swift. My friend is his... hair and makeup artist Huge. They're, they're, um, those, that song still gets played constant i mean it still gets played that's a new song high hopes and it gets played constantly it's on, a huge song and fallout boy now they have shifted into being in the same way with it's like pop just full pop with samples and all that kind of stuff now yeah but i guess what i'm saying is like i i feel like and maybe i'm wrong blink 182 is much more popular than either of those bands in the like fame scale of I, things. well they've remained the most consistently pop punk out mm-hmm. of all and, and remained very popular and they've achieved like iconic status 
Right. Yeah, whereas I guess I don't think of Fall Out Boy that way. No, Fall Out Boy doesn't quite span the generations. Mm-mm. Panic at the Disco, again, might because of, like I said, the they're somehow still uh, going. But yeah, I think Blink is able to, uh, their impact it just spans generations. As, as Witt said, as long as there's teenagers, mm. Blink-182 shall survive. That's a, that's a good soundbite. If we, if we released soundbites, I think that would be, <laughs> I that'd think be the pull quote from this episode. The, there are still bands that sound like Blink and are trying to sound like Blink. Uh, that's not true for like Nirvana, you know? I, I think Nirvana's a better band, but I don't think, weirdly, they're as... And I think well, they, they influenced a lot of people to pick up guitars and stuff, but I don't think me- any music still sounds like that. But well, I think a lot still sounds like I think what happened like... with Nirvana, I, I was thinking about this the other day, is um, a lot of bad people were influenced by Nirvana So and, and Pearl Jam. So you get like Creed and Seether and all Bush these, and, all these yeah. kind of... Now, Bush, are you really going <laughs> to... Really? Come, coming for Bush? Are you going to come for Bush? Come for Nickelback. Don't come for Bush. Oh, Nickelback is another yeah. one. Yeah, sorry. But yeah, Bush is, Bush is very derivative. Bush is but derivative, but it's just right. like... Era. They, they didn't... So they, those they're not puddle of mud. Those bands are bad. They didn't funny. know that Nirvana was influenced by like mud they're honey. Like or, wipers and like... Yeah, and the yeah. wipers. They just think they're like... We just want to sound like Nirvana, but we're going to take out all the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. And just kind of sing like just Kurt Cobain. Yeah, scream. Yeah, I just, the thing that I think so much was watching that Radiohead package and realizing how influenced Radiohead was by Nirvana. It was like such a, I just, you forget because Radiohead is just Their taking own thing. such a yeah. crazy turn and they are who they are now. But mm-hmm. mm. The last category is, does my mom know who they are? And I texted her and she said, yep. Oh really? Yeah, she I, she might not be able to name My mom a song, still but she's not gotten back to but, me. But you know that's uh, I, that's in many ways the most important category because you can't really get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame if you're not famous and everybody knows you. And I think everybody knows Blink One Eighty Two, including dear old mother. Yeah, I think so. I would assume your mom knows who Blink One Eighty Two is because mom, of your yeah. life. <laughs> the only kids who might not are musical. I've found that musical theater kids typically like grow up knowing the least about the stuff oh i was also a musical theater kid but i was but i was kind of a punk kid yeah so. you were an alt i was yeah. i was uh, i was on all the fringes of cool oh you know who'd be great on your podcast i listened to christina hendrix on wtf and she has a vast knowledge of goth music Ooh. and indie rock music of the early 90s hey, oh, you out. should get her yeah I'll, I'll reach out to christina okay. i'll see i haven't texted her in a while so she might be kind of mad well, yeah because i because i because i ghosted her but <laughs> Yeah, we'll see how she feels. All right, uh, it's time for our verdict. Should Blink-182 be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Will they get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? And if so, when? And we'll start with Kristen. I can't believe it, but yeah, I think Blink-182 should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think that they will get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, definitely. Um, but I don't think it's going to be like an FYE the way that other more prestige bands are. FYE meaning first year eligible. I don't think that... You don't think they're getting in this year? Yeah, although they honestly might, unless my dreams come true of an all-female class. But mm-hmm. um, uh, I think that it could happen... I, do they play the game at all? Did we talk about this no. at all? Did they don't show up? They don't play the game or anything? No. And I'm trying to think of, like, based on kind of what's going on, I don't know that we're almost ready for... 
punk to enter like like pop, pop punk, punk like yeah. to enter mm-hmm. did the, green day Green, Green Day got in, in immediately, yeah. They yeah. got in Yeah, but they also played the game. And I was actually going to bring that up because I think Green Day has like a specific style of singing and I think that like Blink-182 owes a lot to Green Day. I feel like that's a, a real... Really? I've always thought of him as just doing a British accent. Like oh, a definitely. Joe Strummer voice. But I just mean like with the kind of like stripped down punk like kind of... Oh yeah, three-piece. Like, just like... Really three what piece. paves the way for all of them is The Offspring. Interesting. Wait, uh, oh, Offspring before Green Day. Yeah, the Offspring was the first independent, the highest selling independent album of all time, uh, with Smash. I mean, I remember that album. It was and, very um, <laughs> because of that. That's when all of these little pop punk bands they started like, to get signed. Label and started up. to sniff around, being like, hmm, mm-hmm. "What you got?" Oh, interesting. There's a documentary on, uh, just like a YouTube documentary called like some numbers and then the pop punk takeover or something like oh, that. Interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. Um, but I'm sorry. When, when do I think that yeah. they'll get in? I, I just don't think we're ready for it, but I guess I could see it in the next, I could see it five years from now, okay. five to 10. I just, I don't think it's going to be immediate, even though they're doing well in the poll or whatever. Right. Okay. What, what do you think? I think that they definitely, should mm-hmm. and I think that they will but I'd say even longer I think 10 I think that it would take somebody who's uh my age to make something that really is is for really beloved by punk pop punk fans and critics like art critics mm-hmm. finding that line and then you know, making people aware of how important Blink-182 is. And I don't think anything like that is going to happen for at least 10 Something years. Something that dads are going to hear on the radio and go, huh. Or it's just going to have to be our generation becomes dads. Yeah. Exactly. Well, our generation happening. gets a fancy job at Rolling Stone and yeah. writes some beautiful mm-hmm. article. About how, you know, Adam's song saved them. Well, saved, that's, saved the, see, their but then again, they already did that on NPR and that was a really popular piece. My dad heard it and texted me the mm-hmm. thing. Wow. So they're already doing that, and that was in 2018 or 2019, so maybe it'll be sooner. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, I think they should, and I think they will. I think it's going to take 15 years. That's about – that feels right to me. If it took The Cure 15 years – yeah, oh, you're right. Right. Have it yeah. that way too. If I'm kind of thinking of, I'm even, but I will get it, it. Will get easier, and and it will take less time, I think, for bands to get in because of the. It's a little bit diminishing returns. We have cleaned out the '60s, baby. But what's happening is like, okay, if they were to get in this year, they would be leapfrogging so much alternative music that came before them. I mean, they'd be leapfrogging the Smashing, Smashing Pumpkins. Pumpkins and Soundgarden and Alice in Chains. Uh, and then they'd also be leapfrogging, like, The Replacements and uh, oh, wow. Black yeah. Flag. The Pixies. And the Pixies. And their Depth Depeche Mode and The Smiths and Joy Whoa. Division. So it's like there's this backlog where to put Blink ahead of them would be kind of strange. I just think Blink, no one's going to be advocating for Blink to get in before all those groups. Definitely. Um, And do any of those, like, does The Cure play the game with... No. No, The Cure... (laughs) They kind of reluctantly showed up, and then they they were not... they had such a good time. They had a great time, but they almost weren't going to play at the ceremony. They weren't going to play music. They were just going to 
they were maybe not going to show up. Hmm. But they, they kind of, they were convinced and they showed up and they had a great time and they played a bunch of songs and they sounded incredible. Could you imagine you are the rock hall and you're like, God, we have to beg these people to come and accept this honor. We have to, we have to tell them we'll, we'll accept Reeves Gabrels, their guitarist who joined yes. in 2012 just to appease Robert Smith. Yeah, it's it's, and I'm worried that that's going to happen more and more. It Did the old like members almost, come? Sorry, oh, every yeah, every person who was, who was alive, pretty much. Yeah, but okay. the other thing is, think about this last year too, and how just almost everybody that showed up except for the zombies and Def Leppard and Stevie Nicks. So it was like what Radiohead, The Cure, uh, Roxy Music, Roxy, oh, and uh, Janet Jackson, though mm-hmm. definitely those three, and of those th- had to be like really kind of asked. Oh yeah, I mean, like it, it was, it was a problem. You wonder what's going to happen to these ceremonies when it's like the Smiths are inducted, and it's like, will and we don't want to show... give Morrissey a microphone ever. Again. Yeah, <laughs> you just you wonder about if these bands will care or, or will show. Is it three a year? Is that they do? They did seven this, was this year. Seven this year. And it's, it's at least five, and a it's year. different ceremonies. It's not all one. It's one a year. It's one ceremony oh, all together. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like the class of 2019. So, well, like now, we saw a concert that had Def Leppard and The Cure on it. Oof. <laughs> it was crazy. It was fun. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. It's like listening to radio. <laughs> but now, now it's they're like Jack FM. Yeah. <laughs> but they're they're getting though because they're getting into these gothy 80s bands and then into Mm -hmm. these 90s bands who are influenced by these 80s bands yeah those bands didn't want to be like accepted accepted in this way so they're thinking they're still thinking it's lame trouble that's the issue yeah and that's most good music no matter Mm -hmm. how successful they get we always say this that the least rock and roll thing you can do is want to be in the rock and roll hall of fame it is truly that Mm mm-hmm um, so, all right, let's say they get in, though. Let's say Blink-182 gets in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty obvious which band members get in the three. Yeah. I don't think yeah. you put in that original drummer. I don't think he was really a significant Scott. part of their story. You don't give story. that drummer some. No, I don't <laughs> think you give that drummer. You just do Travis, Tom, and Well, Mark. but Scott was there. For, he was there for damn it, but you're right. <laughs> I don't know. I could, they could do it, but like they did I don't know. Uh, who inducts them? Who gives the speech Ooh. to induct them? It would be, is, are the Foo Fighters in? Uh, they're not. They will be though. But Dave Grohl Dave, is in. Dave Grohl is in with Nirvana. I think it would be Dave Grohl. Is, is he because it have to be someone he who's plays in also. a big part in their trajectory? Oh no, really? shit. He took them with the Foo Fighters to Australia mm-hmm. when I think the story is they were opening for the Foo Fighters. Dave Grohl got a kick out of them because they have a lot, you know, clearly musically a lot of the same influences and shit. And I think they either signed the deal for their like major record deal while mm-hmm. they're opening for the Foo Fighters opening and Dave Grohl was just like you guys are going to be the biggest band it's going to change such a slam dunk so it would be so beautiful Dave if Grohl is also a he major sh- inductor he, yeah. he is on the nominating committee a lot of people he's on the nomcom he's inducted Queen the, he, Foo, the Foo Fighters oh, wow. are going to get in and that's also like a very Rush. Ryan May style thing yeah because usually it's i mean like there's Brian three May categories def leppard and he told all these That's stories cool. about them going on tour together and def leppard opening for queen i think brendan yuri from uh panic at the disco is i mean i it's hard for me to gauge how popular and famous he is uh i think he is 
But uh, yeah, the categories are like it could be someone who influenced them, a peer, or someone who was influenced by like Blink. Harry Styles inducted Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks. Whoa, is it <laughs> yeah. cool? It was all right. It was okay. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'll be famous at that point. And and I then can you enter. can do it. Yeah. Oh my god, I would sob. I would. No question, would I? Start Chris Rock doing it. inducted uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Whoa. Isn't that wild? <laughs> and uh, David Letterman inducted Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam. Oh, that's a big deal. Da- yeah. David yeah. Letterman has a big soft spot for Pearl Jam and Foo Fighters, right? Yeah, he does. I can, mm-hmm. he, maybe he'll induct the Foo Fighters. He might induct the Foo Fighters, yeah. Um, all right, so they get to play at the ceremony three or four songs. Well, I- the Blink songs are so short, maybe they get to play five. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Two minutes long. I would say they play... Or they put like a jam in it or something. <laughs> like, how do you... <laughs> I mean, Green Day only played three songs. Uh, yeah, and those songs are short. So I'd say they play Damn It, Mm-hmm. They play all the small things, and then maybe in the middle of that, they play I Miss You. And then if they get another one... What's My Age Again? They do What's My Age Again. Yeah, I think they would have the wherewithal to know not to play a new... Because I, I he, uh, Mark Hoppus posted his the song, the lists of whatever he's playing mm-hmm. at, at this like back-to-the-beach throwback emo pop punk festival Blink oh, yeah. headlined, mm-hmm. and it was all... Classics. It was all the he classics. He played the hits. He gave the people what, what they, they want. want. Give the people some. And then if they do, yeah, if they, it's like, and then the other choice is Adam's song. And I feel like those are the, yeah. those are the songs you play. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think you do Rock Show or uh, no. First Date because I don't think they really like those songs. No. Uh, I no, mean, I, yeah. There's some song he was saying, oh, we don't play that because uh, it's hard to play. It, oh, it's not fun because everybody's just singing and trying really hard <laughs> to play the riffs. Or, I can't remember what the song That's is. That's so funny. Uh, if if they get inducted, will you go to the ceremony with us? Yes, I would go. Yeah. Dude, I would, no question, would I go. Yeah. Be, Actually, if they got inducted, he has a phone number, you yeah, know? You have the Maybe he's I, the help. I would probably be Maybe he probably gets is saving that for some other people. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be also, so funny we, if you were Mark's plus one. we will put Mark Hoppus's phone number in the show notes, so be yeah, sure to absolutely. check that yeah, out. I'll do that. Uh, wait, thank you so much for being uh, part of this podcast and, and coming on and talking about your favorite band. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, what would you, where can we find you online? Anything you want to plug? etc just instagram and twitter and i do a show at the satellite at the satellite every third sunday and if you like pop punk or emo or stuff like that i do a lot of bits involving that genre like mm-hmm. musical bits and, stuff and do you like still that. have uh, musicians on that show sometimes yeah that's great yeah this you know this sunday it is well this it sunday doesn't matter <laughs> in the past this is coming out next week oh okay yeah who knows who will be in the next one but cool see it uh and what's your uh what's your handle Whitmer Thomas. On everything? Yeah. Tight. Great. Uh, well, you can find us at Rock Hall Pod on Twitter, rockhallpod at gmail.com. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, rate and review us, five stars only. Uh, if you're leaving a review because of this episode, uh, in the body of the review... Try to mention the band Alkaline Trio. <laughs> yeah. Throw in something about the Alkaline Trio. Uh, we want to thank Pantheon Podcast for hosting us, Mike Lloyd for the logo, UC Kim for the music, uh, Future Rock Legends for all the data that helps us... Uh, talk about all this yes. dumb shit uh we want to thank joy divine for the equipment we want to thank chad briggs and james patterson my roommates for letting me record as they're trying to live their lives around us uh <laughs> <laughs> i felt bad james tried to leave and then he realized that opening the door would be too loud so then he went out the back what a good roommate uh that's it for us my name is joe Quazala. i'm kristen stuttered and who cares about the rock call
uh, crackers, napkins, Clorox disinfecting bleach. Check. Now, roses, uh, what if they wilt? Attention shoppers, Clorox disinfecting bleach is a great way to keep flowers fresh for longer. It'll even work for that uh, ink stain on your shirt. Ah, not again. Clean anything with the versatile Clorox disinfecting bleach. Discover more hacks at Clorox.com slash learn. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 